0: Welcome to the Office 365 Developer Show. I'm your host, Jeremy Thake. The only show focused on Office 365 development where I talk to the experts from all over the globe coding on the Office 365 platform. For more information on Office 365 development, please visit dev.office.com and follow us on the hashtag Office365Dev. Okay, and welcome to episode 37 where we're talking to Andrew Connell and Dan Walleen about the NG Conf that was last week um, in Salt Lake City. As usual, I wanted to cover off some of the things that have been going on on the internet around Office 365 development, and I thought I'd start with uh, the good news now that the Office 2016 Mac Preview is available for you to download. For all of you guys running on MacBook Pros and MacBook Airs and stuff, you can now download Word, Excel, PowerPoint, and also an ad- a dated version of Outlook and OneNote for your environment. And um, there's some great new features. Right now, none of these clients support the app model per se. So when you build for Excel or Word or PowerPoint or Outlook right now, those work within the online versions and also on the desktop versions on Windows. But in the future, you'll be able to target all of those different clients with the app model as well, along with the iPad and the Android versions too. So um, there's a lot of excitement there from a dev's perspective moving forward. Um, but we're just gonna get these previews out from just a generic Office install first. And from the ecosystem, from the community, Stefan Bauer has done a post talking about how you can deploy binary files from SharePoint hosted apps to the host web. Um, he's shared the JavaScript code. Um, and he's got some nice snippets there you can grab um, directly from his blog post. So thanks for Stefan for sharing that. Um, Andrew Collum, who we've got on the show, has been doing some really good blog articles recently and I've put a few links in his in the show notes here on various things where he's been learning around Azure Active Directory and Office 365 APIs. He has a Pluralsight course which goes into a lot of detail here and he's been great in the fact that although the Pluralsight course you have to be on a Pluralsight subscription, you can actually get a lot of his content for free on his blog and um, it's nice to have community people sharing their take on how to learn and what they've learned from this, as well as all the official documentation and training content that we have on dev.office.com. And then a newcomer with his new blog, which I mentioned, I think, two shows ago now, Stéphane Cordonier. Sorry again if I've pronounced that horribly wrong. Um, He's put two blog posts out this week, one on um, how to list subwebs by using the Office 365 APIs and what Azure AD permissions you need to do that with the token you receive in your tenant. He's highlighted a few kind Of access the night errors by needing higher levels of permissions than you would actually expect. But um, it's great that people are sharing those kind of stumbling blocks. I have taken that back to engineering and they're working on better ways of communicating that stuff as well, which is great. And then the other one was how to use um, the same APIs to search for documents and um, does some great work there just to highlight what you can do and how you can use that in your applications. So big thanks there. And um, again, if you've got blogs going on, please, please let me know so I can make sure I'm, I'm referencing you in these podcasts. And then lastly, Waldeck who we mentioned a lot on the show, Wardeck MasterCars, another MVP, has been writing a lot about Node.js and um, some of the things he's hitting there around um, some of the errors you get when you're calling the APIs and how you can get around those. Again, I've been sharing these with the engineers and the API teams, but it's just useful now until we have um, a cleaner solution there with what you need to pass through. Um, to know how to work around that if you're using Node.js and trying to call our APIs. So big thanks to all the community again for all their blogs, and um, we'll jump straight into the show today because um, it is a really long one. It's about 45 to 50 minutes, but it's some solid content in here, and um, I've got a lot of time for Dan and Andrew, and you'll see by the end of the show how much knowledge they have and, and what they can share with you guys. So enjoy the show, and again, please engage with us on the Yammer group. If you've got particular topics you want us to discuss let us know. Enjoy the show guys and have a good rest of the week. Okay, so I'm here at the uh, NG Comp in Salt Lake City with Dan Walleen and Andrew Connell. So thanks for coming on the show. Absolutely. Thanks, thanks for having us. It. You've literally just stepped off stage. You're kind of, you know, re- reflecting on how it went and the fact that they're 20, 20 minute sessions, which is pretty tough to get a message across and do demos of code.
1: That's uh, it's definitely new for me. I have not done that before. It was the first time I've been, I love it as a consumer at the conference. Uh, as a presenter, it's definitely different, and it works good for some topics. I probably think some topics are a little bit more challenging, but um, it's interesting. It's kind—it's of, nice to switch it up. Really cool to switch it up.
0: Cool. And so, Dan, how would the people listening to this show, kind of in the Office 365 space, how would they have heard of you, and what do you do? Why are you at ng Comp? They wouldn't have
2: heard of me. <laughs> 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 yeah, I... Uh... <laughs> Uh well, um, believe it or not, I used to do a lot of SharePoint back in the day. That's but, right. Uh, they wouldn't hurt me because of that. No, I used to do a lot. I uh, still do a lot in the ASP.NET world. Um, you know, web APIs, sharp, all that fun stuff. And then nowadays, I do a lot in the SPA world with AngularJS and JavaScript and you know all that goodness.
1: Yeah, you're you're, you're, you're Microsoft's MVP, right? Right. And you're also uh, is it the Google Developer Google Expert? GDE. Yeah. For, sounds like a doctor title or something. Either that, or it sounds like you're you're kind of throwing like bad words around, but just using the acronym.
2: <laughs> I'm sure there's some medication. For you're that just somewhere. a GD expert, man. <laughs> sounds like a developer
1: evangelist almost. <laughs> yeah. a developer, developer expert. So congratulations, uh, so she, congratulations
0: thanks, on that. Yep. Uh, the uh, it's interesting because I you know I remember you from the SharePoint days when you were doing kind of the ASP crossover with SharePoint days. Yeah. And that was a long time ago, right? I mean, we're talking... Long time ago. 06, 07, when SharePoint both flipped over to .NET. Yeah. But it was really cool to see you doing like the 0 to 60, uh, a, you know, AngularJS Angular type world. stuff. And then yeah. to see you on stage at ng-conf last year, try and do that in 20 minutes. Yes. As <laughs> well, Andrew just mentioned. That's why I call it 20-ish. Because <laughs> yeah. I think it was like 21-ish. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, I was learning Angular, it was, uh, two novembers ago now, and that was like the really good overview of like what Angular yeah. is and all the different components. And then that got me hooked on jumping on the Plural Site courses and Man, checking cool. out what's available on there. So, yep. so yeah, so it's primarily Angular now.
2: Um, um, not I, I do a lot of it. Yeah, um, I, I like to think I'm very open minded. Yeah, um, you know, I spent I've actually been spending a lot of time when well, we were talking before the show about uh, web components and stuff. Yeah, so I've been spending a lot of time with Polymer. Okay. Um, which is kind of the polyfill for web components. Um, but yeah, nowadays uh, we definitely get a lot of requests for Angular stuff. Yeah. You, you say
1: poly, I, I bet you most of your, your audience doesn't know what, poly, what uh, polyfill means and stuff. Right. So it's like when you well, have... You need to fill, fill that in. Yeah. Fill it. So it's, ba- it's basically, it's like if you can do something today in the latest browsers, but older browsers can't do it, polyfill basically says... We've written other stuff to work in older browsers to bridge that gap to do the things that the newer browsers do. Right, so it's like a safe browser type thing for- Yeah, yeah, I think it's kind of like a modernizer in a way. Yeah. Rather than right. all like the if then hack stuff that we used to do. Yeah, yeah, like the big, the 15 so foot like, tree at the top with the different versions yeah. of IE and Firefox and Netscape. And-
2: they have Polyfill in, down in Australia. No, <laughs> do
1: they? They do, yeah. Okay, because, yeah, because it's the, the UK, concept it's the UK, yeah. That's, the That's a global thing. But you do it the other way around. It's polyfill, like, because you're down under, right? So you go polyfill from <laughs> the older browsers to the newer browsers instead of the other way around. <laughs> 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 har, har, har. <laughs> right,
0: we're joking around, because um, the, the talk that you guys did, and I'll let Andrew reintroduce himself, because he's been on the show before in a minute, but the talk you guys did around TypeScript and Anders, um, obviously, kind of being kind of the, the brain trust around this at Microsoft and um, the guys we were talking to downstairs that are here representing TypeScript were talking about how you know, it was really amazing working with a guy that worked on Pascal and Delphi yeah. and I'm like looking at him going what the hell is Delphi <laughs> and then I'm like oh you mean Delphi and he's like yeah because that studying computer science at college that's what we were taught to learn you know that was kind of that pseudo code that yeah, yeah. you know rather than being taught and push Java you, you know you could write this language without being too tied to a particular and you did but, um, but I did Delphi, Delphi, not Delphi. Delphi. Is that right? Is that <laughs> yeah, right? So right. you got the accent? Right. Right. <laughs> you, you could blend in totally in Australia. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, I'm <laughs> like the world's worst at faking accents. <laughs> anyway. And so, Andrew, reintroduce yourself to the show. You've been on twice now. It's the third time, I think. Is it? Two times? Yeah. yeah. So,
1: uh, Andrew Connell, uh, I guess SharePoint MVP. And I guess, in the context of this, I've been spending the last year. A lot more time with Angular. I, I, it's funny because I, I didn't realize this until a few months ago. When I got out of college, I did. Um, I guess what we now know is single page apps, right? So um, it's I would use to take web pages, put iframes in them, have JavaScript write to the iframe, get the response back as a, del- a delimited string with pipe delimited strings, pull that response back out, parse it, and then update items on the page. You no know, page refresh. So it's kind of cool. I went to this whole like SharePoint thing for a while and then Angular comes out and I'm like, oh, my God, this is like grown up big boy tools with all the stuff that I used to do when I first got out of out of college. And so it's it's cool because I feel like I'm going back to my roots. I love building web apps. I love like staying purely in the client. So yeah. I've been more in the Angular space in the last year trying to evangelize and bring it to the 365 Office 365 and the SharePoint space over the last Year-ish,
0: so yeah, and it, it's been great. Like when I joined Microsoft last March, you know, one of the things that we got mainly with made made with this team was we have an existing ecosystem of developers building for Office and building for SharePoint and the various other products, but they're very much tied to our technology stack, ASP.NET and VSTO.NET and that kind of thing. So. But the new way of building with the app model means you can build with any web platform. Yes. Just and over and over, cool. and over and over and over again, we kept hearing Angular, Angular, Angular. Yeah. And so we you know we pushed very hard with the build conferences to have Angular sessions, and we've shipped a bunch of samples. And I guess coming to this conference, uh, which is an amazing opener for me, going to a lot of Microsoft conferences in my years, um, and, and kind of representing here has been. I think it shocked a lot of the attendees as well. Dan, what's your, been your take on it, talking to people around the fact Microsoft have a booth with banners, we're handing out T-shirts. Well, you know, and- the funniest thing was, I
2: think the biggest cheer I've heard the whole conference so far was when they announced the whole TypeScript thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, That was amazing. I was like, wow, cool.
1: Yeah, and it was not only, the thing that got me is it wasn't just so much announcing a TypeScript thing, and I know that this is probably not the way that the marketing guys would want to play it, but it was TypeScript supplanting and replacing at script, which was Google's idea for extending what we already had with TypeScript. And everyone just kind of saying, hey, it makes more sense to go with Microsoft on this one. And seeing them brought up, you know, in the keynote, brought up the guy, the TypeScript guy, and brought him up on, on, uh, Jonathan Turner, brought him up on stage. And started talking about it. So it's, and to see the reaction from the audience was, it was really, cool. really cool. It was yeah. really cool. It's, uh, it's the way it should be. Do- it it in my opinion it's the way it should be done.
2: Exactly. Well, he so, also mentioned like the Ember guy. Yeah. Uh, you was he hot? I think he said, I, I don't know. know I can't like say that. it. Yeah. Um, who's like genius guy in the JavaScript space. He's he's super smart. And
0: that was were getting the help around the routing and stuff for that, right? That was kind of... Yep. The yeah, they pulled from there.
2: They pulled, yeah. you know, Rob Eisenberg actually wrote the initial, I think, version. and yeah, he's the Durandal guy. Yep. The Durandal guy. And uh, now, what, Aurelia? That's Aurelia, yeah. Coming out called Aurelia. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, anyway, long story short. So, like, you know, I think the biggest shock for me was uh, we did this, you know, hackathon. Right. And uh, Andrew actually did some really cool samples and uh, put those together. And I think he only took him, like, 30 minutes or something like that? <laughs> well, it took me 30 minutes to show him. <laughs> That's how good he is, folks.
1: Put it this way, building office app samples, there will be a lesson learned blog post coming soon on blog. <laughs> I think at one point I
0: skyped him and said, can you just toughen up, princess, and stop complaining? The door?
1: <laughs> I had to apologize for some
2: of the things that I was saying <laughs> to you, you Jerry. I agree. The just a little. <laughs> Anyway, uh, you know, we were talking before, going, I "Wonder who's going to show up?" Because it's, it's not a Microsoft. Conference. We
0: just didn't know. We've been to other ones where we've done this, and we'll have you know five people turn up and yeah. then no one participates. So not this
2: time. No, this time uh, you almost ran out of those cool
0: speakers. Yeah. So we had twenty-five tenants pre-baked to hand out on the tokens, and um, you know, like we, I think we got rid of 20, 20 odd when we were when we started the hackathon. We had eleven teams basically present to the you, know, you guys as judges and. Venkat and Robin and Sean from the um, exchange and ODP teams and DevDev teams here that were representing. And I think we were all amazed at what they built in two hours. It was awesome.
1: I was surprised that. So I walked into this, like, Saying I knew the other things were going on. There was a whole Ionic framework thing, there was a testing thing, there was a there was a bunch of other really good like coding things that were going on tonight. And I'm thinking we're walking into an Angular conference, which is not a Microsoft conference. No, yeah. We're coming here and we're gonna say, let's build office apps using Angular. And it's something that I before wasn't a very big fan fan of myself when I was building this. So I was like, eh, you know, office apps, yeah, okay i was we had a i was i was surprised the number of people that showed up yeah i was more surprised though with their their reaction and enthusiasm while they were doing it and when they walked away now granted the winners got xboxes so there was there was some motivation there yeah um those little speakers they didn't know about that that was a surprise gift at the very end for everybody who just participated but i was really impressed there was i was was talking to rob howard afterwards and he was saying now heard two or three of the guys walking out of the room Saying literally, I mean almost quoting a verbatim, they said, I didn't even think about this doing this kind of development before, but actually has some ideas about some about some office apps I want to go build now. They're and cool. now that I see how to build with off, with Angular, there's a couple little glue things that you have to know. That's the pain that I went through. Yeah. But once you understand those those few little painful pieces. It's just building an Angular web app. It was interesting, and not setting display to none on CSS for that one port he <laughs> yeah. did. It's like where's that spinny thing coming from? It's like <laughs> Z-index ten or something. Like that. Uh, it was, yeah, that was interesting. But I think
0: it, what was, I guess, what we take for granted a little bit, and it's something that you know, as a team, we've learned is that you know, the zero to sixty in a Visual Studio with Office apps is is so quick. Yeah. Once you've got Visual Studio installed, which you know, granted does take probably like three hours on a faster machine, here with SSD. <laughs> yeah. And you have the Office tools installed. You know, new project, Office app, mm-hmm. I can pick Compose, okay, AF5, I'm in Outlook and I'm you know the app's running with I used to know on JavaScript. Yeah. And it's doing a lot of stuff for you behind the scenes that the lab that you put together for building this with brackets on an OS X mm-hmm. without Visual Studio and without IIS. Um, it wasn't too many hoops, and and the, most of the guys got through it pretty. The hardest pretty thing quickly. was even the code.
1: It, it was getting right. the SSL. It coast. was the SSL, so it was huh. a tough, tough the, bit. the Microsoft developers have no idea how good we have it. Yeah, just in Visual Studio, you get a brand new clean Windows machine, brand new clean Visual Studio install. You do file a new project, create a web app, and hit F five once. If you and then turn on SSL on that on that project, wow, say so cool. SSL enabled, then hit F five, and Visual Studio gives you a question. Hey. Do you want to go through and install a self-signed cert? Do you trust it? And you click yes twice, you have no idea how nice that is yeah. compared to the OSX side. But yeah, I mean, yeah, we'll, ha- we'll have those labs where other people can go grab those samples and everything. Um, yeah. the, you know, that's, that's something you guys are going to have, and I know you're going to publish it for, for everybody. But um, yeah, it, just, it, was, it was really surprising. They, they, I, I, think, I know that people might not really like hearing me say this, but I think that a lot of the stuff that we have in Visual Studio, while it's great and it makes us productive, I think that it also masks a lot of the underpinnings of stuff that happens, and when stuff breaks, I think a lot of that style of developer right. does kind of feel like they just got stuck at the end of a cul-de-sac, and the other end just closed off on them. Because yeah, yeah. they don't really know how to fix it. And so, like, the, one, the, the labs we had, it's all, like, you basically have notepad and a browser, right? And a tenant that you can host the app in, and you've got to build the whole thing from scratch. And so
0: and that was key with the browser thing. Like we purposely picked the Outlook scenario mm-hmm. and the Excel scenario. Fortunately, Word wasn't quite there. We, we were hoping the engineers would have it shipped by this conference, but um, Word in the browser, you'll be able to insert app
1: surely. It, but it's like I think that like the labs that we have when people, if people are interested in doing this. I would recommend that even the Windows developers go through those labs right. and instead of you know do the file new project and everything and build a website for it and host it that way. But is you really learn how the stuff integrates and how the stuff comes together and not just the oh I don't have the office dev tools on my latest version of Visual yeah. Studio 2013. It's like you're not stuck. You don't need those. Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So I think and it helps understand how the stuff works. And the scenarios that we you know we push with the Outlook and
0: Excel, um, I think the, the, the thing that amazed people the most was we, we really purposely only demoed off a Mac yep. with a browser and just notepad, right, or um, brackets oh, ID, I um, <laughs> and, and what was interesting was uh, when we started talking about, well, but this will work in Outlook on the desktop and Excel on the desktop, and eventually it'll work in Outlook on the iPad and the Android and Windows 10, yeah. uh, as well as the Excel side of things, and people were like, the reach that you're going to have into the 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 user base of you know who's actually using Office now. Granted, it is only 2013 and the mobile device house, but you know you can imagine that we're pushing pretty hard at Microsoft to make sure people are on um, 2013. What the people and, and they would build that stuff in two hours. Yep. Yeah. Um, so Dan, maybe just describe. Um, I'm sh- hopefully it's still still in the memory banks. Um, the, the three winners and, and what they built and, and what products they built. Like in- oh, dude,
2: that was more than five minutes ago. Come on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so one of the really cool ones, um, and let me add before I go into that, because so I'm kind of coming at this from total outsider, right? Um, granted, I've done tons of Microsoft, but I, I haven't. In fact, if you would have said a year ago... Hey, Dan, would you come to this hackathon where we're going to do some office stuff? I would have been like, uh, no, <laughs> probably not. But now, man, you can use your existing web skills, and you can build these apps. Like you said, they're going to touch, like, everything. Yeah. And so that's when when you showed me your first labs. I, it was one of those light bulb, I call it the light bulb moment. And yeah. you go, whoa, this is actually pretty freaking cool. Like, yeah. I can see all kinds of business cases for this. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, coming from an outsider, it was... Uh, Jeremy here he's poking me to make me say this but besides <laughs> <laughs> no he's not put the stick down <laughs> put the stick down please, please <laughs> anyway um on the uh, yeah so on the, the labs uh let's see the top 3 um we had one that did kind of like a con- what is it constant contact or yeah, whatever similar yeah where you uh when you send an email would they have keen. a button keen yep is it Keen? Is yeah, it's it Keen IO. I think is what it is. Um, it would insert a little one of those little one pixel, one pixel transparent you know images, and that calls into this Keen API. Mm-hmm. Then when you go into your send items, you can actually see uh, just a little pane that shows you how many people actually viewed that email, mm-hmm. which is super cool without rape receipts without rape receipts yeah
0: without rape receipts is a pain yeah. um, th- I mean constant contact is a little bit different because it sends in, u- unique mails mm. to everybody but this was a really neat way of showing how to hook in to a, a third party service
2: yeah. directly from, in from the, like, the out. office out. Out. Yeah. yeah. And, well and they had what two and a half hours
1: Well, and, <laughs> and, two and, I mean, hours, and the four guys had did, never met each other before I thought they were from the same team and they did a great presentation right. too it was like all coordinated everything it was yeah. like two and a half hours like you
0: guys are you for hire They because we said that a team could win up to a maximum of four xboxes so in their heads they were like well if we get together we can definitely win this and we'll yeah i next we'll head. headed that team up but they did a yeah. good recruiting job yeah that's that's right. <laughs> they did a good job um, but there was one guy on the team that was familiar with keen i so it's keen is K-E-E-N, I said Dio, so. and he was familiar with that yeah and he then, then the, the other Addams. guy was an angular guy and yeah. so yep. they kind of pulled it together Teamed so up. that was that was a really was one. cool scenario. um the other one was
2: just one guy yep um and he uh we kind of played around with the regex, I remember a bit. That's right, but yeah. What he would do is take the email body and translate it. Uh, so, you know, it comes in in Spanish and a little paint would show and it'd show English.
0: Yeah, and it was, was using the Bing Translator API as well. So that was really cool. Like, and um, we were talking about I would use that all the time. I would you know, totally use that. Yeah. Like I, we get we have a very big Spanish community that email me and ask questions, and I'm forever copying, and pasting my email and chucking it in either Bing or Google Translate. So the fact that you can just click a button in the mail, which then obviously activates that app pane and show the translation, I'm done. Like, was drop a, that's what's
2: so cool about it's a super
1: yeah. simple demo. It was like, but you kind of looked, we kind of looked at each other like. Yeah, how how have we not? That's so odd. Like, why don't we show this at conferences? (laughs) (laughs) Seriously, it's like one of
2: those. You go, why doesn't Apple just have that built in? Yeah, ship it.
0: (laughs) Well, we had Ben Cap from Exchange there, and he's like, his eyes were growing and growing and growing. He's like, this is amazing.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, let's see. The third was an Excel app, right? That's right. Yeah, Yeah. and it was D three charting. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. Could you
1: highlight the cells and it would live chart Yeah. Yeah. So they, yeah, they they ran out of time, but. if when if you highlighted the cells and then you refresh the task pane, it would show an updated UI. But they were going to show it when you change the selection. If you be live. That would trigger the refresh, yeah. and they they just ran out of time at the last second.
0: We, we certainly learned a lot around um, documentation, uh, especially <laughs> the binding uh, JavaScript stuff. And we had Rob Howard there, who is you know one of the, the PMs, very senior PM on the Excel side of it, and uh, he definitely took notes and was like, "Yeah, you know, hands up, we, we need to get better at." Um, how we do that binding stuff, and, and actually, I think the biggest feedback was is finding that page where it listed the binding yeah. stuff, for starting at dev.office.com and trying to flow it down. So watching these teams like learn from scratch with tons of JavaScript and Angular skills and try and yeah. get there was really interesting
2: for us. Yeah, it was. It was it was fun actually. Yeah. It was fun. And
0: yeah. they were, so every participant, just for people here who see us do other hackathons, other events, um, we actually handed out uh, mini jam boxes to every uh, participant and they, I, I don't leave my home without one mm-hmm. uh, Bluetooth they last forever on a charge um, I've had people in opposite rooms in hotels ask why I brought a boombox into my room and then, you, <laughs> and then you show them the size of it and they're like oh okay well, yes. turn it down a
1: little bit so people
0: were people were pretty shocked with that <laughs> and obviously the Xbox ones um, you know definitely a motivation to get people in the room but I think uh, all in all, I was really happy with... Oh, it was of, great. Whatever. how many teams we had? 11 12. So 11, 11, 11
2: teams, teams. At the end. Yeah,
0: yeah. 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 that's pretty uh, cool. So that, that was really neat, kind of getting them to, you know, without a PC, without Visual Studio, building these apps um, and leveraging the Angular framework as well, which was good.
1: It was, unlike the other hackathons, this was brand new stuff to every single one of them. Yeah. Nobody had built an Office app before. So the other stuff, like, I mean, testing Angular Ionic, you know, you've done that. It's still, it's not too far removed. So this was brand new to them. I was blown away with what they accomplished in two hours. I was okay. absolutely blown away. And
0: a lot of them had um, Outlook for the Mac on their machines. Yeah. And obviously, we support apps in there already. So yep. the, the next step would have been, you know, we we'll open it up. And we were using an Office three hundred and sixty five ten. So they would have had to have had that. A mail account into the Outlook so that the mailbox showed up to show the apps. Yeah. But then that would have meant that all those apps would have worked would both in the Outlook, Outlook for yeah. Mac
1: and the browser. So. That's the cool thing about those extensibility yeah. models, they're web apps, and so they right. just all use the internet connection and poof, they work.
0: Yeah, and poof. I just did it again. I we, we, call we, we have a drinking game, Dan. That, <laughs> I was going to say, uh-huh. Dan, Dan um, Andrew says <sighs> poof way too much, and it's always, and poof. Yeah. And, and and so yesterday in the hackathon when he was presenting he said it and he knew it said it and he looked over to me and was like oh my god i've done it again the only person
1: that calls me out on it is this guy and i was like what the heck i <laughs> well, get my, a skype message out of the blue poof i'm like what, what happened <laughs> my word is
2: ultimately i say that basically, all the time basically, basically, basically
1: yeah. yeah poof basically and ultimately are a hell of a lot better than um yeah
2: it's true <laughs> <laughs> so there's yeah. another one thing we all Yeah, did.
0: so I think like from a hackathon perspective, I was really excited with the results and we'll definitely make sure that the guys have actually the the king guys already shipped it to GitHub. It's already on GitHub. What?
1: Yeah. Oh, um and cool. they're, they're all going to do so YouTube much. Uh, the labs aren't getting yeah. they, they ship their sample. So the sample. Oh, really? Yeah,
0: so they're going to cool. do some videos and I'm going to make sure that everyone can see those because we actually had a lot of people at the booth today going, so what did they do? Like How did they win? Like What, what app did they build? So um, And we've had the organizers already come up and ask whether we can be here next year to do it. So nice. it's very cool that this is, this is going on. Nice. So, that's awesome to that's hear. That's awesome, yeah. yeah.
1: That's awesome to
2: hear.
0: So I think um, for other people listening that running their own hackathons, the biggest learning I had from this and we'd run a few in the past was Having a hands-on lab, as well as doing a presentation for like 25 minutes on this is how you yeah. do it, really helped. With because, a working sample. Because it was, I, they grabbed the completed sample, they had the hands-on lab to explain how you got to that completed sample. And that was enough for them to kind of self-run for it after they'd watched myself and Andrew kind of do the demos and the pictures. Yeah. And then, you know, they had that two-hour pace. But we had six people in the room. That were basically running around kind of helping and troubleshooting. And, well, not, and we weren't even, it, we, we were
1: helping and troubleshooting, but not a whole lot. It wasn't much of, office. It no. was mainly more the SSL. and uh, Yeah, it was SSL. It was and, Angular. It was yeah. very little office problems. I mean, we we sat down. We had hamburgers for a little bit during That's the time right. because they were, I mean, everybody was going good. They were going yeah. strong. So, no. So, I
0: think the that was definitely something that helped having those self-paced labs to yeah. kind of, rather than the questions coming out, well, I can't remember exactly what you said at, at this point allowed him to reference that so that was I think
1: that was was really valuable to have that
2: because most not everyone but most had angler experience in this case and those because you you had the starter and the completed without that Mm -hmm. I think it would have been tough
0: so we'll definitely share in the show notes we'll definitely share all the labs and the samples so that you guys can pull these down and and try these things as well we actually had some guys in there with Visual Studio that were doing it too and um, that, was the, that was maybe the biggest surprise <laughs> yeah right we're like because we, we stood up at the beginning and there was just Apple logos everywhere on every table we're like <laughs> I'm so glad that we prepped based on that assumption mm-hmm. and assuming everyone's going to rock up with a PC yeah um, so that was kind of useful but unfortunately it was the PC guys that had the biggest problems because they all had corporate uh, computers that were <laughs> shut down yeah, the certificates were,
2: yeah wouldn't
1: allow <laughs> them to use the SSL yeah we couldn't we could set up but yeah you had to SSL the reason why you're saying that is that you the apps will only load if they're hosted in an SSL input right. office won't even load the app otherwise and so it was you had to set that up and it's funny because the, yeah the Windows guys were going straight to setting up SSL manually like through the I wrote the lab I'm like no no no, no you're like F5 you're, you're, you've, got, <laughs> you're you've got a leg up on everybody here yeah.
0: <laughs> so yeah so that was that was good fun and then obviously today um, you just come out of your talk um, Dan what did you talk on today what was the,
2: the focus of it yeah, so we well the focus was TypeScript. Yeah, um, because of the big announcement today from the you know Angular team, you kind of already mentioned that they've been working with um, Anders and Jonathan and then all the yeah. people up in the TypeScript team. Yeah, it was pretty amazing to see the you know
0: ActScript is now TypeScript. I mean, yep. that's a bold you know decision by Google to
2: kind of go look you know Microsoft's got it. And- Only five months too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They rolled in annotations and all that's going to be in the you know next thing. So. Um, yeah, so Andrew and I basically did kind of just uh, first. Well, we only had twenty minutes, <laughs> so in the, in the in the what happened versus what we wanted, um, uh, we gave some demos, and then uh, Andrew and I've been working on a, a TypeScript app that is Angular that integrates in. I'll let him talk about more like the you know OneDrive stuff, but mm. integrates with the Office 365 APIs, and um, we got into that. A, teeny bit. Yeah, well in 20 minutes it's going to be hard to cut, but, so Yeah, we didn't have a lot of time for that. But it was mainly uh, just show TypeScript and ES6. And, and, and what, do you, what do you think the real benefits
0: are of TypeScript? I mean the pitch in your 20 minutes was pretty strong but to summarize what would you say
2: for a JavaScript developer what, what the value would bring to them? Number one, it lets you move to the future today. Yeah. So the future being ES6. Yeah. Um, so you can get you know modules and classes and constructors and, uh, and then if you want strong typing on top of that, which you don't have to have, which we emphasized, I think, several times. Yeah, yeah. Um, You know, you can say that, hey, this variable is is not just, you know, a JavaScript variable, which is like an any. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a number or it's a string. And then you can actually, in essence, compile that TypeScript down to JavaScript. But if you, you know, mess it up and I said it was a number and you pass me a string, then the TypeScript compiler can actually say, "Whoa!" Yeah,
0: it won't actually be able to generate those files for ES6 right.
2: or ES5. And then Andrew, I'll let you go into it. But you know, we talked about uh, something called Gulp, which is a JavaScript task runner, and take it away. That was your section. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look at that. <laughs> yeah, we did. Um, so, like, for
1: those who aren't familiar, with it, like uh, in, on the Microsoft side, we have something called MS Build, and it's essentially it's an XML-based task runner. It just does work for you. So compile stuff, whatever. And in the JavaScript world, you've got two tools. One's Gulp, one's Grunt. Grunt. Grunt is more similar, I would think, to MS Build, where you define like a configuration. Mm-hmm. You do it in JSON instead of doing it in XML. Yep. Gulp is different though. Gulp is it, um, it's faster, arguably, it's faster than, than Grunt uh, because it's a whole pipeline thing. It's, it's also a task runner. But you essentially you write the processes and the tasks that you want done. You write them in JavaScript. So. If I want to go through and compile TypeScript, I can get a gulp plugin that compile that is a is basically a wrapper to the TypeScript compiler, and then I just say ts and it goes through or tsc or whatever it is, and it just takes all the TypeScript files that I pass into it and compiles them down to JavaScript. Um, we had another one um, part where it gets really cool is that when we were doing the development of this, we would have to compile the TypeScript down to JavaScript, and then we also want to make sure the code look, was you know formatted the right way. So in JavaScript, we have a thing called uh, lint. Or JS lint, and uh, or JS hint, I guess. And we were there's a thing called TS lint, and what that does is it looks at your code and says, you know, uh, you can't have more than two new lines right after you know together. Yeah, right. You can't have an you don't don't put trailing spaces at the so end it's of like files. Style cop in the .NET world. It, yeah, it's more it, I would mean, it's more FX cop. Okay. There's another thing that we have <coughs> in the JavaScript world called uh, JSCC it's the JavaScript code styles. Yeah, and uh, we don't have that for TypeScript. I really hope we get that at one point, but that's more like style cop, and that's right. more code styles and more like, hey, as a company, this is what we agreed to. Yeah, sure. So you know, uh, bra- the curly brackets at the end, the start of function is to be on the next line. But I only showed how we use that. Um, it's cool because we had one task in gulp called watch that would watch for any changes to any of our TypeScript files. When it found one, it would recompile everything. It would run uh, a linter against it and it would go recreate this one file that was a list of all our TypeScript files that we would reference at the top of all our other files. It was essentially like in the C-sharp world, it's essentially automating the process of adding using statements to the top of your C-sharp file. Exactly what it is. That's cool. So I did a lot of the automation, the plumbing for you. Yeah, it took a little bit of time to set up and it's one of those things honestly that that gulp file I'm oh, doing another project. It. I copied. I've already copied it over another project. And I'm using another project. That you, you're at now. it
2: once in your lifetime. Yeah, right.
1: <laughs> you're at it once. And, 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 and so I guess uh, with that down, like the it's been
0: interesting. The conversations like people have been coming over and grabbing the shirts. They love the word up shirts. And for people in the audience, we we will be bringing those to build and ignite as well because <laughs> cool we've made shirt. that a bunch is cool of times. Shirt. Um, was a lot of the time like, well, why are you here? Like, why Angular? Yeah. And interesting enough, there have been, I would say, probably at least 25 people I've talked to in the last two days that were .NET developers that have flipped. And they were mainly UI kind of guys building Mm -hmm. web development stuff. But have you seen that as well? Like, have you seen that there's now, like, because of this, I guess it's closer in terms of that managed code approach to
2: where Angular is? Yeah, I think that one of the big jumps, uh, a lot of the people I knew were doing, you know, um, um, the S-word, Silverlight. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> which I still love to this There's day. There's two S words. I it's still and like,
1: SharePoint. <laughs> no,
2: <bro>. We haven't <laughs> mentioned a word here just for fear of uh, being
1: kicked out. Oh yeah. Well, yeah, it's with the, the 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 two four-letter word starts with an I. <laughs> oh, you mean this room or you mean the conference? <laughs> oh, the conference. <laughs> the the you reference. mean SharePoint? I thought you
2: meant InfoPath. The word so has oh, no. two, oh, four, yeah, it's no, two no, four-letter words. No, We're not
1: even going to go there. <laughs>
2: <laughs> anyway. Um, so, you know, in, in Silverlight, we had uh, like two-way data binding and things. In the web world, um, we had, you know, when uh, Steve, Steve Sanderson came out with Knockout JS, mm-hmm. And that was actually like, in my mind, that was like revolutionary. You mm-hmm. know, cause there was a few things doing it, kind of, but he was the one, I think, that really kind of nailed it. But it was only data binding. Yeah. And then, you know, you need things like routing. You want to load different screens, which is your routing. You want modularity. Uh, so you need like a framework you know to do that because you can sir you can write I have a couple of friends they they still like the, the they call it micro JS approach where you'll grab this little baby library and this little baby library by the time you're done you have like 25 of them <laughs> but you know you, you can pick and choose what you, got, you want and then you got
0: the issue that are dependencies and testing yeah,
2: right which you know they, they work around that, I think pretty well but, but Angular um, the big attraction I think for a lot of us at least in the Microsoft world was hey this is almost like kind of like what we did I mean there's no yeah. XAML You know, like we used to do. But if you already knew Webb, which luckily I already did, um, it was just an easy transition uh, over. And it kind of gave you that foundation, whereas before it was like Cowboy Wild West. Right, right. You know, you're doing it this way on the team, and Andrew's doing it this way. And then I'm like, what are you guys freaking doing? Can we just come up with a standard here? Mm -hmm. It kind of gave you that foundation to uh, build upon. And that's why I really like it. Yeah, yeah.
0: And it's been interesting. It's definitely been the most adopted framework we're seeing with right. apps for office and SharePoint apps, in particular, when it comes to kind of that when they're looking for that really highly interactive experience. And the demos we did yesterday, the hackathon, with the ones you built. Mm-hmm. Um, you can tell they look really nice. That we're using a bunch of different libraries in that code, right? What, what did we
1: yeah. use? So uh, they're just standard Angular applications. I mean, one of them was only uh, one of them was only one view. Uh, yeah. One guy called me out when we were doing the thing. He's like, "Why are we using routing in this?" I'm like, uh, "You don't really need it, I guess, because we only because have one I view." Might have more than one view. Yeah. Actually, I, I did until Jeremy said, "Take the dashboard out," and I was like, "Oh, okay." And I was like, "Oh, there's only one left." and I'm like, "I don't have time to clean that up." You can have the About <laughs> Me page. Yeah, exactly. Right. Uh, I thought I, you were supposed to. ask Anyway, so uh, yes, yeah, so we did that, and then the other thing that we did, and this I actually blogged about this recently, and I'm gonna, I'm going to kind of stay on you guys, and I really hope that You've we get this. You've caused a shitstorm, so
0: Yeah. That's good.
1: I, well, I'm gonna. I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna keep at it too. Um, but we use something. I use something in the in the demos called Material, uh, yeah. specifically Angular Material. So uh, for in the Microsoft world, Microsoft has a design language they call Modern Design. We used to call it uh, Metro. I still call it Metro, um, and it's what Windows and and Office never with everybody follows. And on the on the Google side, they have a design language they call material design. And it's very much like a paper feel mm-hmm. to where it's like 3 dimensional to everything. Um, but it's not like th- – it's. but it's, there's a lot of – it looks and feels very much like like modern design as well that Microsoft has. What the Angular team has done is they have implemented modern design as a thing called Angular material so that you can have theming and certain controls like checkboxes and uh, input tags and – Select boxes and uh, lists and all that stuff in reusable kind of web components. So is that similar to what Bootstrap UI? It's very it's very yeah. similar to Bootstrap. Yeah. So there's even a Material theme for Bootstrap. Okay. Um, I just chose to go with uh, the Angular Material, um, partly because it's still kind of bleeding edge kind of stuff. It's still not it's not done. It's not fully baked. Yeah. Um, and things are changing. Like attributes keep changing. Classes keep changing. But the thing I liked about it was that it was it's built for Angular. Um, and what I'm going to try to keep doing, I started it, but I called it as a parent shitstorm on this, is that, <laughs> you know, I think that Microsoft needs to give their developers that are building specifically 365, um, that are building SharePoint apps or 365 apps or Office apps, we need a design pack mm-hmm. implementation of modern um, that we can use that gives us either reusable components or styles that are really easy to use. Either it's, a, either it's in a, a bootstrap style, kind of just class You you use specific classes, um, or it's just flat out. You know, here's this general of how you should go through and build these reusable components, and then we can. I mean, who knows? Maybe we can have a three, an Office three sixty five modern Angular module that we could pull in one day. That people develop. I think that the biggest thing that developers struggle with uh, is is that new. We've all done this. Where's that? Da- I need to find a picture to put on this button. Yeah. And you get in that damn silo and thank you know, fuck awesome comes out and the glyph icons come out that make it so easy to find that stuff. But you're trying to find out, you know, where do I get a good color to go line this up like this and everything? It's like, I don't want to think that I want my app. If I'm building something, if I'm building a SharePoint app, if I'm building an office app or an office 365 app. I want my app to look just like 365 or yeah. the hosting app, because well, I don't with have to theme it as well, right? So if yeah. someone
0: changed the theme of the outlook or, word exactly. or whatever, well, and this you fits. don't want the
1: app to be like bright white right. and everything else is jet black. Well, well that fits in for <laughs> me. There, I mean, I, honestly, I, the reason I want that is I'm I, incredibly selfish reasons. It's two reasons. Number one, it's because I, I don't have to worry about that when I build my app. I don't have to worry yeah. about the UI piece of it. I just look at things. I'm going, oh, I'll just pull this in, pull this. In, I need mm-hmm. a list. The other side of it is. It keeps me having to do one thing that I hate the most, and that's training. Mm. I hate training in users on how to – not hate training developers, but I hate training in users of – Click here, click here, click here. Here's how the list works. Here's how you sort it. It No, you're coming from SharePoint. You You already know it. If 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 you've already been using SharePoint, you know how it works.
0: Yeah. So my app should do the same thing. Yeah, I mean, and and the Chrome control in the SharePoint apps is kind of the start of that. It is. But I still think that's being 0.4 as well, right? It's
1: the right, it's where that's what we need as a whole suite. They're working on it. Oh, yeah, working on yeah. it. But
0: you've added it. So you've added it to user
1: voice. Yes. So anyone listening that
0: agrees with Andrew and myself around this, um, please go and vote it. Um, but more than just voting, put in the comments why you think this is really important. The engineering teams, um, they like the light, the votes, but they also like to have some real business justification around it as well. Yeah. But it is something that is actively being kind of discussed on a, a very large email thread right now. And there's lots of pros and cons and for and against for hey. which
1: way they go with this as well. And within twenty four hours you're sort of on the hot list on the user voice. So yes. that's, uh, that's 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 yes. cool. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. So
0: but it, I, for me, I mean, you know, nearly a year at Microsoft now. Um, we are really listening. Oh. Um and, and I think that's key is that, you know, the blog post instigated it, but you did the right thing, chucked it on user voice straight away and
1: there was enough community traction there that it immediately bumped up, so. Good story about that. I had a guy on my, uh, one of my PolarSide courses reached out to me, he's like, how do you do this with workflow? I'm like, yeah, you can't do that today. And he even told me because he knows that I've got a podcast and that you know Chris Johnson is the co-host of my podcast. And literally in the comment, he writes right back, can you talk to CJ about getting that feature added? I'm like, yeah, it doesn't work like that, buddy. I said, here's what I'm gonna do. Let me show you, here's the thing over here on user voice. You go through and vote it up and everything goes, oh, but everybody wants this. I'm like, it's got three votes on user voice. So you and your two friends that want it right now, I'm I'm being facetious with it, right? It's like that shows, you know, what are the big important things that people want, so. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it is, I mean, you know, I've said this before
0: on the show, as much as you know, I've got a, a good experience base being in an ISV for three years and being a consultant before that. I've got a good product management head in terms of knowing what the right things are to ask for. Mm-hmm. But you know, sometimes I'm like, well, Jeremy, you know, you're just one person. You know, what do you know kind of thing? <laughs> so the user voice is definitely a great way of getting a lot of people's opinions right. in there, and that's where the comments really add to it because it gives yep. that individual kind of uh, discussion around it. And I've noticed a lot of other Microsoft spots have been doing that as yeah. well. So ASP.NET uses it all the time.
2: Yeah, for the same deal, right? Except, uh, every now and then, I will get some of my votes back because they because uh, you took that in feature water, and uh, accept it, or whatever they do. And,
1: and they cool. well, it's cool. And the other thing I like about it is the way the voting works is that you have you get a certain amount of votes, and so you you have to think about what what is important to you exactly. The things we do. I mean, we've all sat in those rooms where it's like, if you had a dollar to yeah. spend, yeah. How, <laughs> how would you spend, spend the, that dollar on this exactly. whole thing? And it's like. Well, like I tough. get like a shot at car- Starbucks, <laughs> right, and spend the other twenty cent now. But it's, I like I like the fact that you that you have to you have to think about it, you have to prioritize it because yeah. that's what the engineers, that's what the product managers have to do. They got to prioritize it. So what is what's important to you? Where and we and we're approach? not an infinite base of developers, which a lot of people seem to assume that we just have this. <laughs> huge, huge army of like. Well, why can't you? <laughs> why is it taken six months to build <laughs> such Microsoft, as well? Google, Amazon, Apple? Like, why don't you guys just do everything like and have it done tomorrow? Right. I mean, right. You've got tons of money. What's wrong?
0: So there was. A, this is a good segue. Into- to so one of the big user voice things um, was when we announced the Office 365 APIs in preview, um, Dam, you did some work with the expense manager yep. calling the Office 365 APIs, but one of the big things with building that as Angular was that there were some issues you came up across,
2: right? Yeah, the, the challenge with services is if they're in a different domain, it's just not as fun. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so you end up building middleman services and doing all this proxy work and all that. Yep. So um, yeah, things like cores yep. is a big deal. Um, because now, I mean, literally anybody that can write JavaScript can start talking to these services. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, the first version of the app used the middleman proxy. Sorry, Andrew's just hoovering the carpet in the apartment.
1: It was, that we'd come up to my hotel room <laughs> to get away from the, the noise of the conference, and then somebody's outside vacuuming. It sounds <laughs> like it's a drive-on lawnmower. We're up on the 15th floor, and it's like, it's quiet, and all of a sudden the shutdown <laughs>
0: Um, yeah, because you I mean, actually, I was talking to Vittorio, who's in the Azure AD team, and he called it like the um, the facade layer. Yeah. And when you look at your sample, which you still we've still got on there, and the expense manager yeah. and the code samples on dev.office.com, is you can see that essentially all you've done is for every call. You know, you've got that kind of mapping.
2: We did, yeah. We so a buddy, my named Spike Xavier. I'll quick mention him because I he helped out with the first version. Coolest name ever for a developer as well. Yeah, Spike <laughs> Xavier, man. He's he's awesome. Anyway, he's a big SharePoint guy, actually. That's what he does. And uh, so he helped out. And we're doing it at first. I'm like, holy crap! There's a lot of hoops you got to jump through. Like, I just want to get the freaking data, you know. But now uh, things are a lot easier. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. And so this week we actually announced it. So um, we're recording this on a Thursday. The, the blog post for the mm-hmm. announcement comes out tomorrow. But by the time you listen to this next Thursday, it'll be out. Oh, is that um, what you're poking? Yeah, I wasn't supposed to snow. Yeah. <laughs> I
2: was like, shut up! Shut up! <laughs> I was um, like, yeah.
0: And so what we've done with the presentation you did today was actually integrate calls into yeah. that what
1: you did with TypeScript. So, um, how did you find that building that stuff? So it's. It's funny that the course stuff I was, I was talking to Rob Howard about it today, and it's like... You might want to, in case somebody doesn't know what CORES is. Oh, that's uh, a good point, yeah. You probably had to explain
2: that.
1: Yes. Somebody yes. might go, court Like Coors? Yeah, especially what I'm pronouncing Those beers in Chicago. they no. be the light beers <laughs> in Salt Lake City. <coughs> oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, yeah, so the, uh, what Cores is is that, so there's a, the problem that we have on the internet is if you're doing a fully client-side solution, and you have a, like like we talked about Angular, let say you have an Angular app, and you want to call web services that live in a different domain, than where your application lives. Um, you can't do that. The browser's gonna block the request because it says, hey, cross-site scripting. So the other, the thing that is around is there's a, a, a service and all the browsers support it now, too, is that if your, if your service supports CORS, which is cross-origin resource sharing, then essentially what happens is, is that the browser makes, when you make a GET request, a, like an AJAX GET request, the browser says, oh, that's a cross-domain call instead of just blocking it, let me issue an HTTP options call over to that service, and that service will respond back if it supports CORS, and it will say, I allow these domains, and usually it's a star, and then it says, here's the verbs I understand, and here's how long it's good for, and it says, I will also whitelist your domain to call me cross domain for X amount of time. The browser gets that response and says, oh, we're cool. So then it sends the request over and it kicks it back. In the past, and we it And it works, yeah, it just works. And the cool thing is you just make your you don't do the thing I was joking about with Rob Howard today is just like you don't do anything. Right. Once, once the service says, hey, we support cores, you're like, oh sweet, I can make a cross-band call. You don't have to do the options call, it just happens. You make a standard get and watching the fiddler trace or watching the developer dashboard, and you'll see there's like, hey, look, there's an options call. Hey, look, there's the get. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so what you're saying, like you guys, you guys added support for some of the APIs this week. The part that we had to, that we also took advantage of uh, in that sample was the the um, support the new support for the OAuth um, OAuth 2.0 implicit flow yep. that the Azure AD guys uh, started now support and they shipped uh, two JavaScript libraries, one is the ADAL JS and one is ADAL Angular JS, and they essentially they they allow you to do full authentication. Um, uh, using Azure AD, all client-side. So the app we have is literally just CSS, HTML, and client-side JavaScript, and maybe an image or two, but there's no well, server-side. Our,
2: our gulp file stuff, but yeah. yeah, there's no server code.
1: No, no but server code at all. using the
0: idle JS libraries, it makes it a lot cleaner in terms of the dance that you do in JavaScript. It's
2: yeah. amazingly, yeah. so real quick on that. First time I did it, it worked, but I'm like, no. There's no, there's no way. Yeah. Cause you know how you, you, know that, like you spend five minutes and it works and you're like, no, you know, <laughs> like, I must be asleep. Or is, is it something. working? Is and, it is working. And so I'm looking, like you were saying, I'm looking at the, uh, you know, the call stacks and the HTTP requests and all that going over the wire going, holy crap, it worked. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, it, it was amazing because you know you guys know dealing with Olaf tokens and stuff. It's it's actually not that fun because you get not, you got to know ID tokens and you got to refresh tokens and you got to worry about your resource tokens and then so, you're reading the JOT token and to break it out to see what's in there. Exactly, it, the right I mean, it's actually it's you not know, trivial. No, it's it's yeah. not something that you want to wake up every morning. But man, I'm so excited. Yeah, with my I, token code.
0: I'm really impressed with Vittorio and the the, the the team as a whole for that Have done that. And one thing in the blog post that we uh, released was. Uh, it's keys is, is it really calls, what it does is it gives you the the decision as a developer on whether you call the APIs on the client side or the server side. The main reason, you know, if you're doing a ton of di- uh, logic on the client side, you don't really want to necessarily have to call that facade layer that's sitting on the servers and then call our APIs. This gives you that benefit that you don't have to do that double hop, yeah. which improves performance, is cleaner code, is less refactoring, is... New APIs come along. Andrew, will you stop? Like, what the hell is going around? on out there? <laughs> now they're like taking and
1: doing scaffolding work. De- Dexter's Dexter's driving, dragging the bodies down. What the, yeah, no. <laughs> well, well, <is> the <laughs> quote? <laughs> the quote that you had in the in the post that um, the, the announcement f- that they made when they had 8L, shipped it. Yeah, yeah they, they said that one of the best quotes they had is from Dan Waleen. and it's like, <laughs> oh my god, I can't believe it just worked. Yeah, that, I read the quote, and then I started playing with the code to actually get it to work. I was blown away with how little you have to do to just like, hey, put... <laughs> so,
2: <laughs> so, hey, this wait, is what to turn into a so, drinking so game. So, ultimately, <laughs> what you're trying to say... And basically... <laughs> I said poof.
1: Um, so, it was, it was amazing to me, though, how little code you had to do to wire it up. And then the fact that, I mean, if you're doing Angular, it's got an, an interceptor in there. So, it watches for any calls to the REST APIs that you whitelist and, and just if it just plugs, plugs it in, it plugs it in. Yeah, and yeah. all that. But there's a, there's even a property you can put on the routes and it's like, oh, these routes don't need authentication, so I won't go make sure that you authenticate it. Right, right. But these routes do, so, okay, before I navigate you to that route, I'm gonna take you over here to Azure to get you to log in, and then I'm gonna get your token, and then I'm gonna
2: take you to that route, and then we'll then you can keep yeah. going, and it's just. And it's, it's nice because you don't write the login page. No. Right. You just literally, you it you it say adal.login, that takes you over to the Azure uh, AD login page, that then passes back the token to the app, and then ADAL takes over from there, and yeah. you're like, that worked? What?
0: Yeah. It's the, pretty cool. The one thing that Vittorio did say, and when, when we were drafting the blog post, he was very cautious of us saying, now this means you can build 100% client-side only code. Right. And, and the main right. reason, the reality of it is, is that, yes, it does mean that you can call our API's client-side, but there is still this notion that, although you might go and log in to Azure AD, You may, if you're building a real-world business application, you also might be authenticating to other services as well. That's right. And in that sense, you need to log into the web application, and so that the application identifies you as a user for that web application. Yeah. And then you might log into Salesforce and log into Office 365 and log into Google and get their tokens. But the web application has your identity to store those tokens. And, and that really needs to be done on a server side from a security basis
2: as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. Because yeah. ours, we're all Office 365 APIs. Right. But yeah, in a real app, you're going to be hitting a SQL server or whatever yeah. it is. As, and, I mean, you know. it, let's, let's not say a real app because
1: I, I mean, I think that 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 kind of implies that what we did would not be a good business case because I think that it, it, what we
2: did is well, I was just
1: talking about your code,
2: sorry. Wait, <laughs> yeah. no. That's just... funny. <laughs> that's My
1: code. is real. I, yeah. I think, I, I think what, it, what, what's nice about this option though is that there, it removes It removes yet another thing that says, oh, shoot, I can't do this because I'm doing this stuff in the client. Oh, now I have to go back to the server to do this stuff. I built built something with Scott Hillier uh, where we had to create an intermediary that authenticated, that called the REST APIs for us, because we didn't have cores and we couldn't do the authentication all client side because we didn't want the tokens to hit the client. Yeah, yeah, And now it's just kind of like saying, now I don't have now it's more of a business decision of where would you really want to store in a security decision um, on what's acceptable to this application and the data, you know, is the application do I care if they see all my views? I don't care if they see all my views. I care about them seeing the data that that's goes right. with those views. That's so right. That's the resource come. matters. Exactly, yeah, the resource right. matters, and so I think that now. And then the now, I guess, his argument is, if you get the access token, potentially you've got access to do
0: that. Oh, on it's your yeah. Own. yeah, yeah, oh well, well, yeah, absolutely.
1: The access yeah. tokens like cash. If I yeah. drop a twenty dollar bill on the ground and you pick it up and go buy a coffee, Starbucks doesn't say that's Andrew's twenty; won't we'll sell you a coffee. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, you got a twenty. I don't care how you got it. Yeah, yeah. So it's you have to think about those things, but. It's it's more now of a business decision right. and more of an application decision and no longer someone saying, sorry, technical decision, just simply just can't do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So it's nice to it's nice to take those options. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I, it's no longer a tooling problem. Now it's a business problem. Right.
0: And so with CORES, we currently support the OneDrive for Business API and the uh, the site's api which is basically accessing on the sharepoint sharepoint rest. rest api what about contacts um, and calendar and, and mail mail calendar and contacts yeah. may actually be shipped by the time this podcast goes live um, we're literally waiting on a security review to get that front oh, cool. door so it's, oh, it's built it's all sitting there and um, been kind of want that from what i hear yeah <laughs> that's awesome um, so yeah so um, i was i was joking with venkat and um, rob because uh, venkat being the exchange there, rob kind of being more on the one drive for business uh, SharePoint side, I was like, yeah, well, you know, what's up with you guys' exchange? Come on, you're like you're slacking behind a little bit here. <laughs> and so they would you know put the pulled the pulled the wrist, you know, sleeves up. I was like, right, this gets get this out the door.
1: So, yeah, two shots for you. Yeah. That's
0: right. <laughs> um, so the guys did a really good job to turn that around in that time because they are very complicated APIs to just light up with the core stuff. Yeah. And then you know, as we said in the blog post, the vision is is that all of the Office 365 APIs will light up the core. So as we introduce more whether it's the Office Graph, whether it's Yammer, whether it's Skype APIs or the, the content um, presentation APIs, we'll be able to go in there and light that stuff up too. So yeah. it, it makes the service really compelling just as an endpoint to call
1: with your web app. It's not just making it really compelling. It's really compelling to see how fast this is happening. Yeah. That's what's impressive. I mean, you think about it, these APIs went RTM or GA in November of yeah. last year. We're sitting here in early March and you're already shipping cores on these things this week.
2: Yeah, that's. That's a pretty quick rev.
0: They're motoring. That,
2: that uh, first app you were asking about, I think that was in November. It was November, yeah. And, uh, and that's when I sort of was like, uh, we could really use course. Yeah. And now it's yeah basically just starting March when we have it. Yeah. So. The, the intermediary,
1: we did that in, I think, like October, September or October of last year. And now we didn't need an intermediary because we've got, well, the course how we would, but the login side, that was done in February. Yeah. I mean, this is The
2: old days? That would have been two years or something. Yeah, so,
1: right, and I know that a lot of people are, are still there. I know they like it and everything, and I know it's for them, but, man, on-prem, I'm all about cloudy stuff. It's <laughs> like, let me This is let me live cloudy side of me. It's just it, the innovation and the speed at which we're going here. We can build stuff faster, and people won't have to click it, so... I know you're going to get this question, so I'll go ahead and ask you. What about the on-prem guys? When do they get cores? Yeah, for, uh, for,
0: so it's from interesting from. because obviously it's very heavily reliant on Azure AD.
1: Right. And so in a
0: hybrid scenario, absolutely, we'll, we'll work towards that with um, Exchange and SharePoint 2016. Yeah. Um, we haven't decided or haven't confirmed yet whether that's going to be in the RTM or whether it be in a release afterwards. Um, but it's definitely something that you know we want to be able to provide on an on-premises thing. Yeah. And you'll see um, at various conferences coming up this year where we'll talk a bit more about you know we, we're continuing to invest there and engineering-wise the way we're going to ship the on-premises products is, is changed a lot mm-hmm. and will mean we'll benefit a lot from the online versions of the products as well. So for me, it's exciting. I think it's not just relevant to online developers, but as always, the service is going to get it first because we have complete control it's very easy for us to push that stuff out, whereas in the on-premises world, it's still a little bit tricky for us to do that. Cloud sounds like cloud first, mobile first. Yeah, it's exactly that, right? Cloud, yep.
1: cloud first, then then we'll do server. Is that some slogan or something? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard I've heard that from the grand poobah. Well, it, it was
0: actually a really good uh, day because you know we we talked about TypeScript announcements this morning, and then our division announced the. Uh, the preview for the new Mac office client as well. So uh, if you're on an OSX
1: and you want Word, Excel, and PowerPoint, yeah, I've had it for about that six today. months, and it's epic. you know what the worst part about that is? I'm on conference internet trying to get that. Oh. <laughs> it's I want your that. fault. I want that right now. I'm trying to collect
0: email and card, and it's because you're we're, downloading uh, the DMG. No, Where are you going to get it? Um, you can, if you go to Office 365 or so blogs.office.com, the latest okay. blog post on it, you can just click Terms on it. Cool, because I have Outlook, which yeah. I love. Yeah, Outlook's amazing on a Mac Oh, well. it's so much better than what I
2: have, yeah. I'll tell you. Yeah. And,
0: um, <laughs> not, not on preview and, and, and probably not for RTM, but the, the vision of i build an app for Word or Excel or PowerPoint and I've got it running on my desktop or my online or my iPad app, Mac client will be another place where that will just run. Fantastic. which is really, really compelling
1: to that's see. That's really cool. I
2: mean, you build yeah. it out once and it's just showing it's up everywhere. on I mean, the browser Yeah, yeah. 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 cross-browser,
1: cross-world, cross-platform, <laughs> cross-galaxies. Cross yeah. yeah. Oh, and, there um, you go. There's the shirt, Gal- yeah, there's Galactic like, Domination, galactic plus domain. TypeScript. <laughs> 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 so
0: we've covered a lot today. We've covered kind of the whole hackathon and building apps for Office without Visual Studio and just being on a Mac and with brackets. Uh, we've talked about the Angular TypeScript stuff and where web developers are going in that space. We've talked about the core support that we have in Office 365 and just kind of those kind of bits and pieces. In the show notes, we'll link off to all of those samples that have been built for these various different initiatives and the hands-on labs. And we have a video that you're putting together for the core stuff uh, with the MBA, which will ship on dev.office.com, That training. Andrew's like, oh, that's right, I've got to do that too. <laughs> yeah, I
2: was like, what video yeah, are you talking like, about? And I'm we, done for the week. We need, we need some video coverage <laughs> just so we can get a shot of that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, so I, hopefully you got a lot out of the show. It is a little bit longer than normal, but I think um, it's definitely worthwhile. Kind of packing this as one show and, and taking advantage of having Dan and um, Andrew. No, for salary. having. Me.
1: Yeah, every chance you can take advantage of Dan. That's good. Yeah, the absolutely.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so um, so tonight we'll um, we'll go downstairs and have a, a celebratory drink. Um, of a, uh, a mid-strength beer. Yeah, I got a little bit nervous when they took out ID last night. That was that was unusual for me to.
1: So what, the way it works, I believe, and of course, uh, your Salt Lake contingent or your Utah contingent, yeah, can, well, chime, in on can this. chime in. When they take your ID, then they are confirming that you are not. That's why she took it to the bar. Is she's confirming that you don't live here, and so they can sell you regular beer. If you live here, then they can't sell you regular beer, and they can sell you a certain uh, number of regular beers wow. in a bar if you don't live here. That's way yeah. too technical. Well, yeah. cause so, like, you can have, like, I think three, maybe, three or four beers if you don't live here. Um, something like that. <laughs> it's like they're trying – it's, it's something along those lines. Like, I don't I – don't. i I'm not an expert in Utah law <laughs> <laughs> or Utah alcohol law. I've just uh, – yeah. Yeah. So – Hopefully that's not a running total otherwise for a whole conference, right? That's just a, a one thing. Three per conference. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like you pick up the tokens when you get to the airport.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's can okay. Okay, somebody just shoot me right over here in Nevada real quick, I'll be right back. <laughs> I need to go reflash my quota. It's a conference. Come on, man, we're developing So
0: just quickly, how can they reach you to Dan? Like where would people find you on the interwebs? <laughs>
2: Uh, yeah, so probably two best places are uh, my blog, which is weblogs.asp.net slash dwallin. Yeah, so W-A-H-L-I-N. Yeah. Impressive. Uh-huh. Nobody gets that. And it's wallin. It's a wall leaning. It's not Wayland, It's not Wallen <laughs> At this point in life, I'm just like, whatever. The yeah, only, the yeah. only, I always joke, the only countries I've ever, because it's Swedish. The only countries I've ever been to that right after the bat they get it right was Norway. Oh, really? Yeah. Just right <laughs> off the bat they said it right. I'm like, whoa, 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 wait a sec. What was that? <laughs> but anyway. Hey, get the Norwegians talking about the Swedish and the Swedish talking about the Norwegians. That's a fun time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. So
1: it's, like, it's a U.S. and Mexico, Mexico and U.S. <laughs> right, right. Uh, or on Twitter and it's just Dan Walling yep. uh, on Twitter. So. And then I say? Uh, AndrewConnell.com is my blog. And then I have a little NASCAR section at the top for all the other places but uh, and your scary new profile photo dude it's a little bit spooky yeah that was a cool one that was i was i was at a uh and then also on twitter just andrew connell um i had a, I was at the the site uh the company i do a bunch of video training with they do a thing called an author summit once a year yeah and last year they had a room set aside actually the same hotel um where we are right now and they had a room where you could go in and get your your um your photoshop your photo shoot and so Every once in a while, it's, you know, we're doing this stuff. We should take advantage and get a new headshot. Yeah, there. right. And so they took a Mark's picture. Mark's day is old. Yeah, mine, well, mine was too. <laughs> mine was pretty old. And it was like, I, <laughs> I actually lost some weight a little bit. And you can see it around my neck. And I was like, oh, I hate that picture. is the one on my blog now. is the one I hate. Right. And uh, the guy had like a fisheye lens. And he took a picture of it. And I'm like, well, I looked at it. I'm like, God, I'm like, you know what, what the hell, I'm going to use this. And I'm looking, I'm like, do hey, you want to see a good picture of my forehead? <laughs> right? The new Twitter picture that I have up there is like, that's a nice big picture of my forehead. It but,
0: scares the hell out of me because when you link call me, like it comes up full screen. And I'm like, <laughs> whoa. Like, it's, hold on one it's second.
1: Hold, you're lying there because I don't link call you because that link doesn't okay, work for me. Skype call, Skype call you. is different. Right?
0: <laughs> <laughs> The joys of being on a Mac. Oh my gosh. <laughs> cool, well, thanks very much for your time. I know you've got to jet off
1: uh, this afternoon, you're doing a pod show for your Microsoft Cloud Show. You do with CJ. I am. Yeah, we have. I have yeah, co-host a podca- uh, podcast with um, with CJ. Uh, it's called the Microsoft Cloud Show and uh, MicrosoftCloudShow.com. com. Um, but uh, we are we we're going to do a different kind of interview here. <laughs> it has nothing to do with Microsoft and uh, taking advantage of. Uh, of an opportunity that we have here. So um, yeah, we'll see. Google apps is what we're, what we're going to be yeah. talking about. So I'm going to talk about somebody on, that's on the uh, works for Google and Google apps side, uh, old friend and get, see if I can educate the listeners on yeah. what this is. So I'm going to play the role of the person who knows nothing, nothing about, about, Google, about apps. which is easy because I know nothing about Google <laughs> apps. <laughs> <laughs> Neither do I. Looking forward to it. Cool.
0: Well, thanks very much guys. And we'll definitely get you on the show again. Um, hopefully i the build timeframe. Uh, we're all there in a few that's going to come around quick for us, I suspect. It's, oh, um, it's I already can feel that I've been in front of the treadmill and having to sprint, and then there's all these other events in between there, then and now. So, Yeah.
1: Um,
0: again, if you've got any questions, guys, the Yama group in the show notes, um, I'll make sure that Danger and Dan get exposure to them if you do have them. We're trying to build more conversation there. If you've got ideas for other shows, uh, I'd love to hear what they are, um, any topics whatsoever. I know you want to hear about SharePoint 2016, so I'm cornering Bill Baer um, when I get back next week. And also on the uh, Vnex portals with Mark Cashman as well. So mm-hmm. um, to find find out what the hell the dev story is there because it seems to be a big question that keeps coming up. So, um, yeah, keep, keep your questions coming in and um, I hope you're enjoying the shows. Thanks, guys. Thanks again for listening. Make sure you check out dev.office.com for all of your Office 365 developer needs. All the links from the show are in the blog post on blogs.office.com/wackdev, where you can find the latest news about Office 365. If you have any ideas for new shows or questions for us, please join us in our Yammer group and the Office 365 Technical Network. Have a great week, guys, and keep coding on Office 365.